Coming to you live from the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas and Money 2020, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Thanks again for tuning in again and again and again, I hope, to Bankadelic. We are coming to you from Money 2020, which is the reason why I say again, we have taped just in the first 24 hours close to 10 podcasts, and we hope to tape even more, every single one of them special in their own right. And I can prove it to you because the guy that we have on today is someone I've had on the podcast before, loved talking to him then. Sure, I'm going to have a great time talking to him now. And I'm already going to throw the gantlet down and say we're going to do this again after today. So I hope that's okay. Will Tumulty. Will is the CEO of Rapid Financial Services, and he is based in Bethesda, Maryland. He's been in that role for more than eight years now and is truly a leader in the effort to make finance more readily available to small businesses. And we'll talk about all the ways that works. His career in financial services dates back to 1999, where Capital One, he rose to the rank of vice president. It's been onward and upward ever since. And I have to say this. Yes, I am impressed. No, I am not going to mess with you. You were a Navy SEAL, which is, wow, that's so cool. You're like the first Navy SEAL I've actually met and gotten to hang out with. Well, Lou, it's great to be with you again, and uh, my Navy days are many pounds ago. (laughs) (laughs) And if you could see me out there in podcast land, I'm lifting up my hat to reveal the bald spot. My days as a rocker were many follicles ago. So, Great. Good to have you with us. And one of the things we talked about before we went live taping here is the advent of rapid enterprise and that it is not just a product or anything like that. No, 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 no. It is a small business lending platform and it has a really unique approach in how it dissects and takes apart meaningfully different elements of the lending process. Explain to us what it is, how it works. Yeah, Lou. So, Our mission at Rapid is to help small businesses get the capital that they need to grow and prosper. And we've done that since 2006, using our own balance sheet and our own lending. uh, And we've really learned how to do that well. 
one of the things we recognize is that we can't reach every small business in the country, but we do have a really good technology platform that is highly flexible and highly scalable. Uh, and, and about a year ago, we said we can disaggregate that platform into subsystems that we can offer in an a la carte way for enterprise customers that have lots of small businesses that want to be able to bring them capital, um, but they don't have either the know-how or the software infrastructure or the business process capabilities to do it. Right. Right. So that's what Rapid Enterprise is all about. It's enabling enterprise customers that serve small businesses to bring capital programs to their customer base. And let's be clear about this, listeners. There is a lot of boo-hooing in financial services about how, well, we don't serve small to medium-sized businesses, but on the other hand, a lot of people who are just not ready to take that step as obvious as it is. So number one, hats off to you for being committed to this vital part of the economy and for having done it long before people were even really talking about it. Why do you think and any perspective here would be useful, there is still that gap between recognizing that small businesses have a need, but the inability to get them that money, that capital in many cases. So uh, I think this is somewhat of a legacy of the evolution of banking in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, so if you think way back, like a hundred years ago, um, 1920s, right? We still had people out on the prairie, and the banking system in the U.S. was really based on the community bank. Yes, right. It was farmers and bank, uh, farmers and merchants banks, and uh, you know the various other really agriculture economy based uh, banking sector that supported uh, timber industry and farming industries and things uh, in a very different economy than we have today. Mm -hmm. um, but what has happened over that last hundred years is um, banks have grown, and particularly uh, back in the 90s with the repeal of Glass-Steagall, there was a whole bunch of bank consolidation, right? Whereas before then, there were maybe 24, 25,000 banks in the U.S., mm -hmm. and today there's maybe four or 5,000 banks in the U.S. Incredible. Right. Now, there's a lot more banking activity because the economy has grown tremendously, but it is all concentrated in banks that all, on average are much, much larger. And if you're a much, much larger bank and you need to put that deposit capital to work, um, unless you have built the systems uh, that are scalable and also granular enough to serve a small customer, what you want to do is you want to put it to work in big chunks, right? So on the small business side, you want to lend at a million, two million, five million dollars uh, a pop for your loans. Mm -hmm. um, whereas what we've done at Rapid uh, is our average loan size might be fifty thousand um, dollars, and mm -hmm. it's difficult for most banks to make that loan size work with the cost structure they have. Yes. Um, but the platform that we've developed, we have used a lot of technology. We've automated a lot of processes. We use the data really well to make quick decisions um, so that we can profitably serve a much smaller small business customer than the typical bank would be interested in. That is fantastic because the need is certainly there. And you know, having talked about this before, Doing business is great. Return on investment is great. Balance sheets when they are in the black are great. But 
there's sometimes this forgetfulness about what makes that possible. And it's the small businesses, it's the consumers that need help and financial institutions that are enlightened can be there for them. It's really valuable work. I mean, you must get a lot out of being able to help these people this way. You know, it's great. We have long-standing relationships with many of our clients. We basically are their capital provider for their business, uh, and we have been for 10, 10 or more years in some cases. Um, so we are truly a partner to many of our business customers. Um, we have seen their businesses grow. We've helped them expand into new locations. We've seen it when their businesses had tough times, uh, particularly through the COVID downturn in 2020. Um, half of the small businesses in the country were closed, right? That was a real hard time, but if you're a good partner to your small business customer, right, you provide that flexibility and you help them get through that, uh, and that's how you build loyalty. It's really not different than relationship-based banking mm -hmm. that banks really focus on. Yeah. Um, what we've done is we've applied technology to make it profitable um, at a much smaller scale client. Outstanding. And you talked about going back a hundred years. Let's go to today, the present, and I would think I saw a big Microsoft booth out there somewhere. Satya Nadella is smiling because there is news that unites Microsoft and Rapid Finance. I'm going to give you a chance to share that right now. Yeah. So uh, we uh, issued a joint press release this morning with Microsoft about our newest uh, software as a service product. Um, it is a product that we call Links, uh, and it is designed to um, enhance application data for loans or opening checking accounts or anything like that. Compare that enhanced data um, to other data sources, as well as compare it to every application that our client company has ever seen. We wow. actually use this for our own lending business, uh, and we've had a version of this in production since probably uh, 2016. Uh, and so what that will do is we get a new business loan application in, um, we get enhanced data from dozens of different providers, it will compare all that data, and then it compares all that data to every application that we've seen since 2016, and it will return to our underwriter the top top 10 matches. And it doesn't mean it's the same business. It may say, hey, we don't have any business matches that matches this business that's applying. Mm -hmm. um, but this business owner applied for a loan with you, uh, or with us, uh, let's say back in 2017, um, and they were approved. Uh, it was a different business that they owned at the time, and they repaid that loan. Um, and so that is a positive piece of information that we can glean from our own data. Uh, and so now we're making that platform Platform available to other institutions that want to say, hey, I can, I have all this data, and I want to be able to use this data better that I have in addition to the third-party data that I'm using to enhance my applications. That is just so incredible, and that really goes to the point that data is the new oil. Now, of course, without technology like this, data is the new oil slick, right? You can just get so bogged down in it, and it really isn't doing you any good if you can't figure out how to do that or know how to approach it. I think you've got some pretty prescient observations about what it takes 
to make the data work and to work in this context that you're mentioning with links or in other contexts with small businesses? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Lou. So what what we find is um, in company after company that uh, we see or work with, um, companies don't have uh, a shortage of data. There's tons of data. Um, the problem is the data is not entirely usable. Um, it's siloed, it's fragmented, it's not standardized. And of course, that makes the data very difficult to use, particularly if you want to do some of the cutting edge things like build, you know, train AI models on it and things like that. Because, right, those models are super powerful, but they are only as good as the data upon which they are built. Yeah, it's getting data AI ready, I would think. Exactly. Um, and so one of the things that the Lynx platform will do is it plugs into your business process and keeps that data and organizes it into a standard data schema that enables you to apply your AI models easily. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about it, it's so elegant, you know? If you're looking at a loan, let's say, and I'm going to make this up so you have to tell me if this scenario is realistic, a loan that's kind of on the fence in terms of an application, you can go through this data and, oh, it's years and years and years ago, but we saw that this guy was approved for a loan, made all his payments, was ahead of time, and that's a context that adds a lot to a static application as opposed to you go back in time and, oh, man, this guy... He got approved for way more than he knew how to handle. He defaulted, somehow wiggled out of that, and here he is back again. It seems like those types of things might be reveal, revealed in the Lynx context. Yeah, and that's exactly what we do. So um, one of the things that was a challenging sort of software architecture design problem when we built this was you have to have very fast response times to be able to read from very large databases. Um, because what we do is we get that application in, it's going in front of the underwriter, they pull up a screen, and in real time, they've got to be able to see all those matches. So you've got to take that you know big data set on this new application that you have and compare it to maybe 20 million others um, and return that in less than a second. Whoa. I can't even chew gum that fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Now, you've been out and around on the floor. I'm sure if someone stopped you to have a conversation, they would learn a whole lot. I'm learning a lot now from what you're describing to me. So, I would be curious to ask you if it's okay, like what kinds of conversations are you hearing? What kind of buzz? What has struck you as being really unique and cool? So I think there's a couple things in our, uh, generally in a couple things in our space. So generally, there's a lot of buzz around AI. Oh, yeah. Uh, and AI is a set of super powerful tools, right, that um, companies and individuals are using quite effectively today. And I think they're going to continue to use those effectively. Um, uh, but as we were just talking about, right, you've got to have a data set that you can apply them to that's going to give you meaningful output. Yeah. Um, uh, so AI is clearly sort of a big thing. In our space, one of the things that we are finding more is um, those who want to provide services to small businesses, um, they have a greater and greater need for know your business or KYB, yeah. which is analogous to sort of know your customer, customer KYC, yeah. which mm -hmm. has been around for a long time. But the KYB problem is more complicated than on the consumer side because on the consumer side, you got a pretty straightforward 
outward match. If I got this person, they have a social security number or other government ID number, mm -hmm. right? And you can match those up, uh, and it doesn't mean it's not fraud, right? But at least you can match those up and validate, yeah, this stuff hangs together. On the small business side, the data has a many-to-many -many relationship. So you could have one small business that has multiple owners, or you could have one owner who has multiple small businesses. And these are both very common. And so when you're trying to validate, um, is this business applicant who they say they are, you also have to go to, are the owners of this business the who people they who say, say they, are. they are, and are they actually the ones I'm talking to that own the business? Yeah, and that's a very old game that <laughs> continues to be played effectively by some of the bad guys, is to obscure identities and set up shell companies. This is a true story where I grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, there was this really popular pizza place, and they served really good pizza. The King of Pizza on Route 70, if anyone cares. Although I don't want to get in trouble with anyone at the King of Pizza because we always suspected more was going on there than just pizza, and a friend of mine got married, and Mr. King of Pizza, as we all knew him, showed up at the wedding and gave him something like $500 for a wedding gift. And he's like, I barely know this guy. So they were doing something where it must have been some sort of shell game was what we thought. And yeah, knowing your business, that's the first time I've heard that term KYB. So I'm going to take that with me. And it's an interesting conundrum. Multiple owners, one business, one business or multiple businesses, one owner, maybe multiple businesses with the same set of multiple owners and other owners. Exactly, right. And so there's really two reasons to do this. One is, if you are a lender in particular, you need to know who you're lending to or you're not going to be a lender very long. Um, the second one is uh, there are a number of regulations um, that require this sort of thing. And depending on what your regulatory regime is, you may have to follow the rules uh, of a theme called beneficial ownership. Mm -hmm. um, right? So that's where uh, you want to, the various government statutes require certain institutions to go back to who is the natural person owner of more than, say, 25% of a business. Right? This is to prevent things like uh, money laundering, anti-terrorist financing, and all those kinds of activities. And yes. so um, that is one of the use cases for this links platform that we have with the data enhancement is to be able to do that know your business. Um, we work with some uh, great other uh, uh, companies, mm -hmm. uh, some data providers like Ideology mm -hmm. um, that have a great KYB product. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we work with them to bring that to the market for companies that are interested in something like links. Wow, really incredible. So with this product announcement and this partnering with Microsoft on this product, I am sure some listeners are going to wonder, how can I get in? How can I get involved? And that goes to a larger point within financial services is sometimes people are afraid of change. And for very good reasons, too. They might be cautious. The economy being what it is now has really stepped up mm -hmm. the caution horses. So I'm wondering if someone came to you and said, Will, I love it. I don't know where to start. What would you tell them? 
Yeah, you know, one of the things is banks in particular, right, with the change in interest rates and things like that, um, it's put a lot of pressure on their balance sheets. Yes. Uh, some of them, right? And so liquidity is at a premium. And uh, while you may want to do a bunch of new stuff, your budget may not be what it was a couple years ago to invest in new technology, to speed up processes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the nice things about uh, starting with something like the Lynx product is um, it doesn't cost a lot to get started. Uh, it's sort of a piece rate uh, pricing structure, mm-hmm. right? So you can plug in, you can start using it, and you know, as, so you don't have to invest, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars to get a new platform. You plug it in and you just start using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, hopefully, that, that is one place to start if you're a bank um, that wants to start taking advantage of a new technology that can both help you manage your own internal data better, uh, satisfy your KYB requirements, and get your data AI ready. Sounds easy. <laughs> you sound really easy. With the way things are right now in the economy at large and with interest rates high and the stock market jittery, I hear a lot of doom and gloom. I hear a lot of dire predictions. I always tell people as a media person, turn the news off for a week. I'm like, you're a reporter. And it's like, yeah, well, I'm telling you, if you don't turn the news off or if you don't just shut that down for a while, you're not going to be open to the possibilities that are there and the good things that can happen. And you can never get on that positive track unless you know what the possibilities are. You've got this great announcement that went out. How do you hope to telegraph what is now available? I mean, obviously you're on this podcast, but making people know that it's ready, come and get it. We can make good things happen. Yeah, so following our press release this morning, right, we're following up with events like this. We appreciate you having me on the, the, the Bank of Dallas oh, podcast. Of course. Um, uh, as well as following up with social media and, importantly, um, working with Microsoft. Microsoft is one of our distribution partners for this product. Mm-hmm. Um, they have seen a, um, a big need for this kind of a product in the global finance industry. Uh, and so uh, we're working with them. We're working with their various sales teams to get the word out that this is available. Yeah, and people always talk about the noise floor, but this is a product that provides harmony, right? So it kind of breaks through in a very organic way as we ride off into the sunset here. Aside from the fact we've already established that you have an invitation to come back on whenever you want, I'm thinking about whenever that might be, let's say six months, a year from now. What might you hope to see come to fruition with rapid finance, with links, with rapid enterprise, or even just in terms of new technology incorporating that AI, whatever it is, what would you be excited to see happen? So since the company was founded in 2005, our ability to help small businesses has been limited by the capacity of our own balance sheet, hmm. um, which we have grown quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, but still, in the grand scheme of business lending or small business lending, um, there's a lot more out there than we are able to address with our own balance sheet. I would love to see a year from now where our technology and service capabilities through partners with other enterprises has enabled multiples of small businesses that we can serve with our own balance sheet 
that we can serve through other balance sheets or through other partnerships in other ways because we were able to unlock uh, the, the potential uh, in a small business portfolio in a partner company by applying our technology and know-how. Wow. Technology, know-how. And you've got the know-how. And I'm really happy you were able to make time to come down here. It's a busy conference. And we will look forward to next time. Will, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, Lou. Always fantastic. Great. Will Talty is the CEO of Rapid Financial Services. He is based in Bethesda, Maryland. Be sure to look for Will on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. With more than 1.2 million page views annually, Talking Biz News is the go-to source for happenings in business journalism. Whether you're a PR professional, a business journalist, or someone just breaking into the field, TBN is a source that you cannot do without. Whether you're following the Washington Post, New York Times, local media outlets, or some feisty news startup, Talking Biz News has you covered. Job openings are also listed and updated every day on the TBN website. Be sure to sign up for your free subscription to the TBN newsletter at Talking Biz News. That's Talking B-I-Z News.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Ken Montone. Our business consigliere, the one and only Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Thanks as always to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. Thanks also to Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and someday on my Vaudeville YouTube channel. Rink a dink dink in. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.